HD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio. And Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Are alien abductions real? What is it like to be abducted? What do they want from us? Hello there, and welcome to the very special 322nd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those rather chilling questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So today we have very three very special guests, and probably three of the world's greatest experts on alien abductions because they have actually had the experience. Now, for our roundtable discussion this evening, we have in alphabetical order Tom Reed, Whitley Strieber, and uh, Travis Walton, who will be a little bit late. He's joining us by telephone, and uh, we'll, go, we'll try to get uh, him in on the uh, action during the next break. Uh, we'll let them tell their own stories, but just some brief introductions. Tom Reed is familiar to our CBS and Boston Providence listeners from shows 302 and 303, which he did with us in December. Both of those are available on our free podcast page, of course, at BehindTheParanormal.com. Tom's website is TomReed.info.info, and the read is R-E-E-D. Whitley Strieber needs no introduction, a prolific author, broadcaster, and media personality, and since his abduction and contact experiences, something of a spiritual leader and social conscience as well, along with his wife, Anne. Their website, www.unknowncountry.com. Uh, his 1985 experience is the subject of the movie Communion. Travis Walton, who, as I say, will be joining us shortly, I hope, is a logger by trade, but also an author and speaker. His 1975 abduction is considered one of the best documented in history. His experience is documented in the movie Fire in the Sky, and his website is TravisWalton.com. So all three cases have their debunkers, uh, as does everything paranormal. Including us. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but this evening, we want to get into the cases themselves and what they have meant for those three very different men and their families. And maybe get into the broader implications of all this. So, Whitley and Travis, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal, when Travis gets here. <laughs> and Tom, welcome back. Thank you. So uh, we'll ask each other... Uh, to present, or we'll ask you to each present your abduction experience as best as you can in five minutes. So, um, let's see. Who should we start with first? Uh, Tom? Let's go alphabetically. Yeah, Tom, what happened to you? Well, what what took place with our family uh, actually stems back to 1954, which um, obviously uh, was before I was born. But uh, the 60s uh, in Sheffield, Massachusetts, my brother and I, um, my family had a the horse farm there, and my brother and I uh, had uh, numerous uh, accounts uh, with a with a craft that was on our property, and uh, we, uh, my brother and I, remember it vividly. Uh, in, in short, um, we do remember a lot, an awful lot of uh, what took place. Uh, my brother was uh, also club-footed, and um, there was seemed to be an attention to his leg. And uh, I'd say 1969 actually was one of the out of those three was the one that was. Uh, by far the the most horrific for us. We were in a in a station wagon, and we were coming back from a, a horse show. And uh, my grandmother, my mother was driving the car. My brother and I were there as well. And um, the car uh, came to uh, stall off the, the right side of the road. Uh, we were uh, 
immediately um, our, our surroundings were immediately changed. We were in a uh, in a craft uh, that was absolutely uh, enormous. Uh, it was a uh, what looked to me to be a, like a large hangar. Uh, we were separated. My mother and uh, brother were, uh, from what they tell me, were in the same room. My grandmother separated completely as I was, and I was taken into uh, down a hallway. Um, actually, this time we were handled differently. It was uh, raw, militant, um, very orchestrated. I was grabbed on my left arm and and um, taken down a, a hall into a, what teed off into another room. And um, at that point, there were uh, more than one type of being, if you will, and I was uh, actually leaning up more against the table. There were two that, that were almost uh, resembled something more like uh, an insect type of uh, being, if you will. I don't subscribe to terminology, but that's what it looked like. And um, I ran out of a doorway, if you will, off to the right side, which led into a large uh, intersecting hallway, which was huge. It was probably the size of a three-lane highway on each end, and it kind of joined the middle, making it about the size of a basketball court, if you can picture that. And uh, without getting into too much detail, uh, we were brought back, uh, or I found myself back in a station wagon behind my uh, the driver's seat. My mother was actually in the passenger seat now, even though she had been driving. My brother was uh, beside me where he was. My grandmother was in the middle of the road. Uh, that was pretty much it for the 60s, and of course in 2009 with that case in Brownsburg involving my brother, which um, where they found identified radiation um, readings were there. Uh, magnetic fields were spinning a compass uh, from over a foot away from the vehicle. Um, there was, uh, of course, my brother has seen a doctor for some of the medical issues, and of course that case has had gotten a lot of attention, which fueled uh, this investigation and, and opening up some of the uh, past records from us. Um, and, uh, of course, again, my father was in politics, and um, for one of the reasons that we never really talked about this early on, but since his passing in 2005, we've decided to come forward with it. Okay. So, Whitley, on to you. Why don't you share your story? Well, my story is actually pretty different in many ways. His story sounds a lot more interesting. Uh, I, uh, in that what happened to me was, first of all, it was like him, it was very abrupt. I heard a lot of noise around me as sleeping in the dead of night of uh, December the 26th, 1985. It was probably the morning of the 27th by then. And I woke up and uh, opened my eyes, and I was not in my bed. And I kept trying to make the bed come up around me to wake up because I felt like I was in a, it was a dream of some sort. It was very, very odd. I was in a little round room and then these, uh, peculiar, big, uh, eyed things started peering at me. And, uh, when I could not make the room materialize it became I kind of melted down and I began hearing this voice this sort of electronic voice say in a, a super super mild tone what can we do to help you stop screaming and just repeating this meanwhile uh, I was physically forcibly raped and a needle was thrust into the side of my head by these 
two different types of these peculiar creatures. And I blacked out. And I must have, because I don't remember much of what happened after that. But I, when I woke up in the morning, I was really very confused. At first, I thought there had been an owl had gotten into the house. But obviously, that wasn't the case. It, you know, it was winter, and there was no owl. It, it could have gotten in. The place was all closed up, and certainly there would have been a ruckus, and my wife remembered nothing. The night had been quiet as far as she was concerned. And I spent the day rather bothered by all of this, and then as the sun set and it got dark, I thought to myself, there must have been an owl at the window, because I remember these eyes too clearly. This was no dream. And I went upstairs, and I can remember the chill of fear I felt as the sun was going down, and I looked out the window to the snow-covered roof and saw it was completely untouched by any... No owl had been at the window, obviously. It hadn't snowed during the day, so... And what was so chilling to me was not the idea that I might have been abducted by aliens. That never even crossed my mind. I, had, I would have just scoffed at that. And what was chilling was that I had a memory that I couldn't explain. And I, I didn't... Uh, I wasn't in pain then. But the next day, while I was sitting and writing, working, being a writer, I felt pain in my rectum and in my to the point where I could no longer sit down and I had a what looked like a spider bite on the side of my head and I was so disturbed by this I, I just couldn't imagine what had happened to me then I began to remember that I had seen an old friend in among these beings these creatures that I had had around me and he had been a Central Intelligence Agency official. And previous, a few years previously, I had written a book called War Day that had torpedoed, resulted in, it had been supported by Ted Kennedy, and it had resulted in the torpedoing of a pet project of Brent Scowcroft's to uh, harden industrials, use, the, use FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Administration, to harden industrial sites against limited nuclear war, against nuclear blasts. Hmm. And uh, I had been called about six months before that by a staffer from Kennedy's office and warned that Scowcroft was on the warpath and he was a real, real nasty man and I better watch out. And I said, what do you think, what are you talking about? I mean, it's a free country. I have a right to say what I want to say. And he said, well, I know that, but, uh, or rather she, it was a woman. Uh, you might be getting, he's liable to get, you get one of these political tax audits or something. That's why we're warning you. And um, just get a tax lawyer if that happens. And, and as soon as they see that, they'll back off. So, I thought nothing more of it. But then uh, subsequently I had read about the MK Ultra project, which was then very much in the news, and the use of uh, controlled substances to drive people crazy, etc., and so forth. 
and the plutonium experiments were coming into the news then, and I knew the government was well capable of doing awful things to people. And I thought, could he had you, could it have been Scowcroft who screwed me up with drugs? Because this other fellow who was there was no, you know, we were school friends, but he was more an enemy than a friend, and he's been in the CIA, so... Um, and by this time, I was, it was clear that something was very wrong. I had already, this is now about five days later, I had been to the doctor, and the doctor had told me, quite frankly, that I had been raped and that I was injured rectally. And so, obviously, I wasn't dealing with any kind of a dream. And uh, he said the little mark on the side of my head looked like a spider bite. It was inconsequential as far as he was concerned. Um, I told him what I remembered, and he was the first person to say, it sounds like you're saying you were taken aboard a flying saucer by little men. And I said, holy God, Tom, it does. Uh, well, on that note, I'll have to interrupt you, Whitley. I'm sorry, we have a break uh, coming up. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio at NewSkyRadio.com. Our guests, Whitley Strieber and Tom Reed, will be back shortly to talk about their abduction experiences further. We'll get into some discussion, and hopefully we'll be able to, to raise a Travis Walt during the break as well. So please stay with us. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com. Powered by CBS Radio, AOL and Yahoo is unlike any talk radio station. With a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on The Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family. An open mind, a great idea, and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Oh,
And welcome back. Our guests, of course, this evening on the subject of alien abductions and the experience thereof are Tom Reed and Whitley Strieber, very well-known names. Certainly, uh, Whitley is, uh, and Tom is becoming very well-known, a uh, family abduction case. And uh, also Travis Walton, who we hope will be able to join us a little later, running a little late today. But uh, when we took the break, uh, Whitley was in, in the midst of dis- dis- discussing his uh, particular experience. So please uh, continue where yeah. you left off. Well, okay, let me, let me wind up with what happened in the end. I started trying to get a hold of the guy who had been in the CIA because I figured by that time I was darn sure I had been screwed with, basically, by somebody who had come and filled me full of drugs and tried to make me think I was abducted by aliens. Because by then I was well aware of this thing and this whole deal. I had talked to Bud Hopkins, and so without telling anybody like Bud Hopkins anything about it, I was uh, pursuing this angle and... The psychiatrist involved was supportive of this because he thought it was a criminal act, too. He said, you, if you've been raped and you have, no matter how crazy the memories are, you've, there's a crime that's been committed. And he was a forensic specialist, a forensic hypnotist. He was very good at helping people who had uh, traumatic memories to sort them out. So uh, I finally tracked the guy down. And here was where it got weird, very weird. He had been dead since the previous March. He was dead when it happened. Well, that's interesting. And I talked to him. I was, he was sitting right there. And now that began what has turned out to be a years-long odyssey. And in, my, in the new book, Solving the Communion Enigma, I bring out the fact that... The close encounter experience and encounters with the dead are linked profoundly. Tell us about it. Because what happened was after we got communion out, my wife, we started getting letters just unbelievably. Thousands and thousands, sometimes 500 or 1,000 in a day. And they were being dragged into the house by by postal workers in gigantic bags. (laughs) And my wife and... The lady we hired to help us, Laurie Barnes, started reading and cataloging all the letters, and it wasn't long before we found we discovered that people very as often as not, when they're having a close encounter of the third kind, they see also ghosts and, and their own dead, but not as ghosts, as physical beings. And almost inevitably, these people say, "We're I'm okay or we're okay. And then later, when we began to have groups of people out at our cabin... It was always a mixed bag. When the visitors would show up, say, in the living room, when there were three or four people, five people sleeping on cots there, or more accurately lying on cots waiting for something to happen, because, I mean, who would sleep under those circumstances? And in the basement, another couple, and the visitors showed up in the living room with all these people as witnesses. Uh, and in the basement, the young couple, the other the couple... Uh, were, who were asleep woke up to find an old friend of theirs from who died in the Mexico City earthquake of 83 standing at the foot of the bed looking perfectly normal in clothes she used to wear when she was alive saying I just want to let you know I'm alright so, well there we are so that I means a whole new dimension to this thing there's something going on that we really don't understand 
Well, you have to put it better better than we could have because since '05, especially since I started working with Ben, I've been working in primarily ghost research for 42 years since I was in the seminary, and uh, it, it has led to precisely what you've just described. We, we although we usually start from the other end, people say they're seeing ghosts, and and, and we end up we spend years on cases. We don't swoop in and swoop out. Although silly gadgets and our and our, and our, our approach and our theory are entirely different from what you see on, on, on the pop TV shows. And we end up half the time with greys and, and uh, UFO sightings. Sometimes and Bigfoot. Sometimes you were, Bigfoot. You were, uh, you were doing ghost research in a seminary. Were you a Jesuit or what? Uh, no, I was working with one of the Jesuits. Actually, I got thrown out of the seminary for my paranormal work about a year before ordination. It's rather a long story. That most of the <laughs> It's ser- always a long story uh, when it sure. comes to seminary. Anyway, uh, that was, you know... 30-odd years ago, but uh, anyway, well, perhaps we can get that another time. The listeners are familiar, but, uh, well, as I guess we're going to be proceeding with the two of us here, so why don't we just sort of begin with our questions. Uh, thank you, Whitley. That was absolutely fascinating. Uh, we realize that you might not be familiar with all the intimate details of each other's cases, uh, you and Tom, uh, but what, from what you have heard and what you know, what do the other two cases have in common that, that you can see... Uh, Sort of at this glance, it's high strangeness. Yeah, yeah. As, as our friend Linda yeah, would say. Linda yeah. Okay. Well, that's about all you can say, Tom. Well, as far as uh, Travis and I go, you know, we've we've been on the, you know, we've become uh, fairly friendly and and um, gone over a lot of notes and and kind of gone down uh, memory lane a few times, and um, just to, with respect to his case and, and mine, which is. Whitney's, uh, I think, is, is a little bit different. Um, although he did mention, um, he did touch on Mark's, uh, on his skin, I think he, something behind your ear, I believe. Yeah. My my brother has that. It almost looks like a snake bite. And he had two identical ones on his chest, just uh, below his rib cage. And, and that is something that um, he, uh, he noticed in 2009 and has been treated for, actually. Um, as far as... Uh, similarities. I mean, Travis and I had, uh, we do remember something very real, very uh, forceful, um, powerful. Um, there was radiation in both our cases. Um, you know, there was, uh, at least in our case, uh, magnetic fields were also were there as well. Um, there were multiple witnesses to it, the descriptions of the craft and the way it was lit up. You know, there were some similarities. Uh, I've referenced something that looked like a, a black rock. I think I'm last time I was on, I talked about that a little bit, and and he referred to it as a spear. So there are some similarities in, 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 in our case, although there's also a lot, you know, differences as well. But, but, um, you know, it would seem that uh, these marks are of our interest. Um, I don't know, against Whitney, I don't know what your marks look like, but these were almost shaped like small cones, almost like a sugar cone. And they were hard and they were actually right behind the right ear. And, um, identical ones in his chest so with that said that's um that's really all i can i can say without travis here or, yeah and well then, i just uh just to make a note if you gentlemen uh and i think i've talked with tom about this before but uh bud hopkins and i once sat down and, and he had a uh an album which uh, yeah, maybe if you've seen it i don't know but he had a an album of uh photographs of physical the physical, uh, I guess, uh, results or, 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 uh, or wounds that, that had resulted from 
what were perceived to have been abduction experiences. And the first thing that struck me was that it was they were exactly the same in some cases, not all, but as I'd run into in poltergeist cases where there had been physical uh, abuse of, of certain victims of that. And, I, and he and I were planning to get further into that, perhaps to look for... Uh, more commonalities between those realms when, of course, he, he began to, uh, you know, his uh, illness began to get the best of him, unfortunately. But uh, so just, again, uh, showing that there are connections here, absolutely. Um, okay, we'll move on to our next question here. I guess, uh, Ben, you had one? Okay, so what strikes each of you as uh, different from the other's cases? And, Tom, let's start with you. Well, um I, I got to go back with uh, Travis being. I only understand his case. I haven't not as familiar with Whitney's. I'm sorry, um, but our case would seemingly be more orchestrated and nurtured in appearance, and whereas his seemed to be more of a wrong place at the wrong time. Um, although, uh, again, with uh, Whitney, this is the first time I've actually uh, had an opportunity to listen or, or speak with him. So, uh, it would seem that uh, you know Travis and I seem to be more maybe physical and um, less spiritual in some respects, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Well, as I understand Travis's story, uh, they were driving, uh, they, he was a logger by trade, he and several others were driving through the woods at night, and uh, was it Arizona, I believe? And uh, they happened to see the a craft or a big light, and then and Travis uh, was apparently without fear, and simply walked right up to the thing, and bingo, that was the end of that and for a few days, and then... Uh, he would have to fill in the rest of the story himself. So that essentially was uh, quite different from your situation, Tom, and certainly from yours, Whitley. Yeah, it, it was different. Mine mine was, I wouldn't say it was spiritual at all, not at first. I mean, that was as physical as it gets. Yeah. I, I don't, you don't get raped by spiritual beings, at least I wouldn't expect that. Uh, maybe hope. baddies. <laughs> It was a it was a very physical experience, and it involved the removal of sexual material. Uh, the The reason I was raped it was was mechan- it was mechanical. They were introduced a device into me called an uh, electrostimulator, which is was in those days still used in uh, in cases of sexual dysfunction where men couldn't get erections, and it stimulates a nerve. Under there, and uh, that uh, uh, sends electrical impulses and causes you to become sexually, because you have an erection. And they did that to me. And of course, I had no idea what was going on. And in the hypnosis session, you can hear me saying, I don't know why that's happening, because, you know, there's no emotional content in the experience that would suggest I might become sexually interested. Let me put it that way. Uh, far from it. Um, and yet it was happening, and I was very confused by it. And the next thing I knew, uh, they had uh, they had removed sexual material from my body. So it was it was an awful experience. It was ghastly, uh, and it was as I say, very physical. Um, nobody was chanting. Mm-hmm. So maybe later there were some spiritual elements that entered into it that I brought. But earlier on that night, that was pure de hell. Yeah. All right. Well, certainly significant differences. I'm coming up on another break here. Okay, we have three minutes, so I'm going to ask the next question. Uh, Who or what do you feel actually abducted you? Aliens from another planet, time travelers, multidimensional creatures, demons, something we have no real conception of, all of the above, none of the above? Tom? Well, our family... um 
pretty much maintains, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, perhaps a distant uh, ancestor of ours. Uh, you know, we feel feel that the, whoever this was or whatever they where they were, um, and again, I don't subscribe to terminology, but it would seem that they played a substantial part or with respect to our planet as a whole and pretty much been here the whole time. And and I say that because there seems to be, uh, or, or obviously in our case, um, at least in tight circles, that there it was genetic and, and there was uh, gene tampering, we believe. And, of course, you know, we depending on how much time we have, you've seen the reports on, on, on my child. And, sure. and, and so it would seem to me that if, that if, uh, well, of course, the RH negative factor has come up in conversations and, and whether or not, you know, there is or isn't something um, significant to that. Either way, it definitely looked and felt to us that it was um, genetic. And if that's the case, then it would only make sense that if there was an interest in us, then there should be a connection somehow. So that's where we pretty much uh, have come to the determination that we have that it's probably uh, some actual connection to them. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, all right. Well, Whitley, uh, I'll have to interrupt you in a second, but why don't you begin? <laughs> Could you repeat the question, if you don't mind? <coughs> Excuse me, certainly. Uh, just who or what do you feel actually abducted you? Um, aliens, time travelers, multidimensional you know, demons, or whatever? Well, I just have... I, I don't know. Uh, I was it was never i've never understood exactly what they are uh i do think though there are whatever they are they come in different configurations and i've seen at least three or four different types and um whether they're where they're from sort of doesn't even interest me much it's what they do that i'm concerned with Mm. and what their motives are I, i you know I hear people say they're from this star system or that star system. Nobody really knows anything about that. Uh, I hear people say, well, they're time travelers or interdimensional beings and whatever. No one knows anything about that. And that not only that, we can't find out. I, I don't think there's any way for us to find out. Uh, the thing has a, a very peculiar quality of seeming extremely physical, but at the same time, bleeding off into realms of the metaphysical and paranormal in ways that are very unexpected. Mm. Uh, And so if they are physical beings from uh, some other part of this universe, then they are in a very different state than we are, and the physics of life for them unfold differently than they do for us. That would be my best answer, probably. Well, we recognize that from our work. It's difficult to maybe to grasp, but I believe we are coming up on a break here. So we will be right back and stay with us. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. Be right back. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected.
eyes are open wide By the way, I made it through the day I watched the world outside By the way, I'm leaving out today I just saw Haley's coming to CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we're back on the subject of alien abductions and the experience of such a terrible uh, conception or whatever. And certainly we have Whitley Strieber with us this evening and Tom Reed. And I'm afraid that Travis Walton appears not to not to have been able to join us uh, schedule-wise. Uh, perhaps we can uh, schedule some other uh, show with, with him. But we've uh, been going through the experiences of these two gentlemen, and we've touched upon the next question already, which is, what is the big picture here? Uh, uh, what do you feel are the ultimate motives, or do we have any way of knowing that? And uh, we'll start with uh, with Tom. Uh, again, I, uh, our case and, and what is uh, the forefront of, of a collected effort here in our family, it, it, we're, we're pretty solid on the fact that it has to do with, with genes, uh, genetics. Um, you know, perhaps uh, there's a, you know, there's a purpose uh, 
trying to open up additional senses or receptors within, within, uh, or, or looking for that in other species to develop their own. It just seems to be very uh, scientifically based and, and with a focus on um, certain um, human bodies and and or, or needs. Yeah. Outside of that, I really, I really wouldn't know. Well, I want to get into your son as well, too, as, as we go to but Whitley. What, what uh, you, you already began to address this subject. What uh, do, do we have any idea what the big picture is here? Yeah, I, I think that it's very clear that change is, is on the agenda. And for a particular reason, we have found that there is a certain type of experience that actually physically alters the brain. In the last September's issue of Psychological Science magazine, there was a really interesting paper presented about how surrealistic experiences quite literally make you smarter. They, they, they cause synaptic changes in the left brain. And if you look at this whole experience, if you step back from it and look not only at the close encounters and the abductions, but also at the uh, UFO sightings and all of the other strange manifestations that are associated with it, the seeming impossibility of what many people experience of the dead being present with the visitors. And some, some of those stories are extraordinary and heartrending. Yes. Um, all of this taken together, it's a massive <laughs> a little bundle of questions that can't be answered but can't be turned away from either by anybody who first takes a look at them. You can't ever turn away once you take a look at this. So I think that changing the brain, literally making us smarter, is part of the agenda. And what's interesting about that is changes like that become part of your genetics and they are transmitted down generations. So people who always say, well, maybe they were here in the distant past changing us genetically, they're here now changing us genetically. Well, this, of course, leads right into the next question, which... Uh... So how have these experiences changed you? And uh, let's start with Tom. Well, personally, you know, from from a perspective of being a child, it certainly stripped us of a... You know, any sense of normalcy in that Norman Rockwell upbringing we would have had. Um, and it's extremely hard to, to cope with. It's, it's painfully damaging at first, and you obviously have to come to terms with it. But at the same time, um, I think uh, Whitney hit it on the head a minute ago, um, and that's certainly, you know, you know where I'm going with this, that even though it, uh, it appears to have been the, uh, and tragic in a lot of ways, and, and it's difficult to accept and talk about and, and find ways to, to accept it. Uh, you do see uh, a change, and certainly um, in our family, and, uh, with uh, Chance, my son. Uh, so, yes, there has been some positives come from it, I guess. Um, you know, we have uh, some remarkable advancements in my in my son's abilities, which have been documented with uh, PhDs in schools and so on and so forth. Yeah, why don't you take a second and tell us about that, if you would. Yeah. yeah my son um, has been scoring off the charts ever since first or second grade. He uh, has had uh, some remarkable foresight. He uh, 
is unbelievable when it comes to numbers and math. He was doing um, high school mathematics when uh, he was in third or fourth grade. Uh, he uh, has tested uh, at the uh, Knoxville Hypnosis Center um, uh, a series of tests. He was tested with uh, different schools, Miami Children's Hospital, you name it. And, and the reason his nickname is Chance is because he has, uh, for a very long time, and I'm going to go back maybe seven or eight years, his average um, uh, scoring, if you will, when tested is twice the uh, level of, of chance. So uh, even with uh, something common that your listeners would, would recognize, maybe like Xenocards, the, the average on that is 16%, whereas he comes up with 39 There was one time he came up with 61% of Xenocards. That's remarkable. Wow. But he also, yeah, he also dropped four in a row and then landed his last one. That was actually uh, at a convention center in Lexington. But he does this um, pretty much at, at will, and it's um, not something that's um, hidden. I mean, there's an awful lot of people that have seen this firsthand, including the schools and conventions and so on and so forth. There's no trick to it. You take numbers. if you, He's better with numbers than he is with uh, shapes, as long as the numbers resemble shapes. So he will miss a a six and a nine or a one and a seven sometimes because he kind of sees things in the form of a shape. But as long as he looks at it as a calculation, he does much better with it. So the suggestion here is that there was perhaps some genetic manipulation as part of all this that occurred uh, in, in your family situation? We certainly can't attest to it because we certainly wouldn't know how he would be otherwise, but I yeah, certainly yeah. no answer for it. I mean, we, we, nobody else in our family can really do that except for my son's youngest. He also has... a. Uh, but he's also much younger than my son, so we need to see what happens with him. But he is also very extremely, uh, well, he plays, uh, he's been beating adults in chess in second grade. So just for watching him, as far as where it goes, we don't know. But there is something to it, which is exactly what Whitney was talking about a moment ago. So this really, um, there's really a connection with what he, what he said and what we're seeing. Has there been any DNA testing of any kind? Or? Uh not DNA testing. Um, he is our RH negative, if that means anything. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that's like, been a theme. Um, all right. Okay, well, Will, Whitley, uh, what ultimately has this done to your life? Well, it's completely changed my life. I was living the life of a of a writer before this, in, in, you know, with a conventional level of interest in my work and respect for my work in some circles and I got reviewed and I was an accepted part of the community but once I published Communion which of course I never expected the book to go berserk like it did uh, I became a pariah I haven't been reviewed in my knowledge in the New York Times since then and I, when my latest book, uh, Solving the Communion Enigma, came out, a work in 10 years in the writing. Nobody cared. It wasn't reviewed anywhere. The, the, eight, the Associated Press published a review of it, and that was basically it. None of the regular reviewing media even acknowledged its existence. No television or radio programs, major television or radio programs, except Coast to Coast AM and Man Cow, who both of whom I know and, and huh. on their shows a lot. Mankow's experience uh, and a half. Well, uh, no, I like Mankow. He's a, no, I like him too. I just uh, I, I make sure I get a good night's sleep before I talk to him. He's a very interesting guy. Yeah, um, anyway, guy. all of that was just go is gone, and the reason it's gone 
is that as this experience has broadened and deepened, it has disappeared from the media because it's concealed. In other words, there's no closure. Uh, I, I announced a close encounter of the third kind in a book that people thought were pretty compelling some years ago, and then there are a couple of follow-on books, but nothing ever says, okay, they've landed, now we're going to the White House, we've got plans for a starship, etc. It, it doesn't follow that conventional trajectory. It follows another trajectory, and that trajectory is not media-friendly. So, yeah, it hurt me a lot. It hurt me financially. Uh, I went broke eventually. I lost the cabin in upstate New York where this happened. Uh, I had the experience of being criticized for being called a charlatan and a, a guy who had used this to make a lot of money while I was actually going bankrupt. Yeah, I hear you. No, I, I've been there too. It was hard. Yeah, very hard. A professional journalist after I left the seminary took years to build up a career and then. You know, when I write books, uh, they don't even get reviewed in the newspaper I used to be one of the editors of, Metro Daily, in the Providence Journal. Well, exactly, exactly. So you know what it is. I mean, they yeah. just do not, they do not like this. No, they don't which like is why it. I also write history, just to hedge my bets. I have, a more, I have better luck with those. Anyway, uh, no, I, I, it's it's... I've had people tell me that, or tell us that this has destroyed their lives completely, ruined marriages. I mean, certainly Larry Warren's story uh, from the Rendlesham case, and what we've worked, we've 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 had sixteen hours of specials on the air about the Rendlesham case with all the guys, and their stories have largely been negative, and certainly uh, reflecting yours. But of course, you can make lemon, you know, lemonade out of lemons, as they say, and uh, one does try to do that. But uh, uh, there we are. So Ben, why don't you continue? So what has this done to your belief system? Yeah, has uh, the notion of God changed for you, or has there been... Or yeah, yeah, if, if you had any sort of belief system in the first place. Well, in the sense, everybody says it uh, does different things. So what's it done for you, Tom? Well, I can say that uh, I certainly feel more in touch with what I believe to be the truth, um, opposed to those who donate every Sunday. Um, yeah. That's not to say that I... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm challenging the church or beliefs or what have you, but I think again that it's all in the way things were perceived, and and I've certainly seen a side of things that many many haven't, and then again many have. But uh, as far as do I? Uh, no, I I haven't, uh, nor do I I attend any any Sunday uh, uh, services. So I again I I, I believe that and uh, you know, I like. We discussed earlier. I I think that uh, what happened is a uh, is there what we saw was an ancestor, and that's that's my feeling on it. You mean an ancestor is and not a descendant? Uh, well, uh, I know I know what you mean. I guess yeah. so uh, some yeah. people would say, right? You know, I'm thinking particularly of the experience of Jim Penniston, who has been talking about the binary code he received when he touched the craft, and he felt yeah. these were our descendants rather than ans- as I don't know, but it seems to depend on on the witness and terminology, yeah, the experiencer, yeah. Okay, uh, Whitley. Well, it, it has been a profound challenge to me. Uh, first of all, I grew up a Catholic, which automatically means a lot of sturm and drang. I mean, because you, you know, Catholicism makes demands that are at the same at, at, that 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 you can't really fulfill but at the same time it does not deserve 
the loyalty of the laity because of the of the historically terrible way the church has functioned just generally and yet at the same time it is an enormous charitable organization has a great deal of good in it as well so it's real hard and there's a terrific conflict always involved there but i was uh in 1970 i became involved in the gurdjieff foundation and gi gurdjieff was an armenian philosopher of the first half of the 20th century who uh, felt that human beings were basically very mechanical in their approach to life and that it was possible to wake up and, and to be much more vividly alive. And I had been working with that for a long, long time, for 15 years when this happened to me. And it made a great deal of what, what, what unfolded in my life symbolically and then ultimately in terms of the way the visitors engaged with me when when I eventually managed to get that going after six months or so of trying um, was very much very consistent with what I had learned in their chief work and in other things I had done so the result of all of this was that I ended up in what is a fairly unique position in that I know that the soul is real uh, because of the way I have, because of the experiences of life that have unfolded. However, what I don't know is whether or not it survives the body. Mm. Uh, uh, so, I, well, we'll have to discuss that after we survive the break. Uh, I'm afraid we have, <laughs> okay. a, we have yeah. a commercial break coming up here. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back with our guests, Whitley Strieber and Tom Reed, and we're talking about their experiences of abduction. And I, before we go any further, and we've only got a few minutes left, I wanted to give you fellows a chance to talk about your books and your work uh, Whitley, I know you. I know you've written more books than than Tom and I put together. So please yeah, tell yeah. us about your books, where people can find out more, your website, etc. Well, I'll start at the beginning, tell you a little bit about each book, and we'll finish at four o'clock this morning. <laughs> uh, 
No, my website is unknowncountry.com. It offers daily news of the edge uh, created by Ann Streber, who is its editor, and the people who work with her. It has a subscriber section. It has a, a weekly radio show called Dreamland that's been on for 10 years that I inherited for Art, Art, from Art Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, another program by a mythologist called William Henry and uh, called Revelations is on weekly as well. So there's a lot to do on the site. Uh, the subscriber area offers Dreamlands back to 2004 and all kinds of special stuff. Plus, every year we have the Dreamland Festival. In, in Now it's going to be May 18th to 20th this year, and you can sign up for that there if you'd like to and uh, see some of the people who are the, who we call the Dreamland team, Linda Moulton Howe, Jim Mars, and Laura Fries and others. Nick Pope will be there this year. Mm-hmm. My new book is Solving the Communion Enigma. It's available for Kindle and Nook. It's in bookstores. I have my other, other more recent, slightly less recent book, The Key, is out there in bookstores as well, or you can get them from my, book, from my website or practically anywhere. Or anywhere else, for that matter. <laughs> well, Amazon uh, is a sponsor of our uh, Boston Providence show. I'll mention it tomorrow night, then. Very oh, good. good. And, Tom, I know that uh, you, are, you are up and coming in the uh, paranormal universe here. And uh, what are you working on? Well, uh, I'm trying to put together a, a book of uh, combined effort with uh, several members of our family. Uh, even my ex-wife is going to have a part in it. Um, it's actually going to go back as far as 1954 and touch on the case with my mother at Gooseneck. I'm sorry, Moose, uh, Moose Lake, um, which is not far from Gooseneck Lake over in Canada, where that uh, airline in the fourth week of June was was uh, had that uh, fighter jet dispatch. So we, mm-hmm. there might be some uh, some similarities there. So we're going to start in '54, and of course uh, get very detailed in Sheffield, Massachusetts, those cases, and then um, of course uh, the Brownsburg, Indiana case with my brother in 2009, where the anomalies and radiation and the magnetic fields are recorded. And then um, probably bring in the fact that, uh, you know, the, uh, the, public, the political ties with my father and what happened there. And, and so it's, it should be a very in-depth um, book. I'm not going to rush it. I'm shooting for the fall of this year. Okay. But, uh, it's going to be very clinical. And um, I'd say maybe half the book is going to be surf, uh, focused on the events itself. The rest of it's really going to be uh, what happened around it. Okay. Well, very good. Well, we'll be in touch with you, and we'll be we'll be uh, keeping people updated on that and the work of both of you, gentlemen. I want to thank you for being with us tonight. Sorry, Travis couldn't join us, but uh, I'd love to do this again because Ben and I have some experiences of our own. See. You don't realize this, Ben, that the same thing that's been happening to you happened to me Friday night. Wait, what? What thing? Uh, well, we're out of time. Oh. Well, we'll use that as a teaser. Okay, yeah, there we go. Discuss with you fellows. Maybe then um, I'll find out. And thank you very, very much, and we look forward to having you back again. Yes. Thank you. Okay, very good. Okay, let's... Uh... So many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we will see you next Sunday, March 4th, when my dad and I will return to the 1980 Rendlesham Forest UFO case. And we'll be, we'll be back with Peter Robbins and Larry Warren for the first of two panel discussions leading up to the Rendlesham Conference 2012 in England in June. And we're also going to have some news for you about our own speaking engagements, which seem to be multiplying rapidly. Uh, and we'll tell you about that next time. Yes. So in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence 
uh, Drive Time Show on WON, 1240 AM, and ONWorldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. Don't forget, you can always give free podcasts, or get free podcasts of all our shows, along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. Okay. And, uh, again, we want to thank our guests, Tom Reed and Whitley Street, for a fascinating show this evening. We're certainly going to have them back and continue that discussion, because we only got through about half the questions we had. In the meantime, we have to leave you now, and we'll do so with a thought from the great American author and philosopher Khalil Gibran. Quote, The tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to begin it. Unquote. No fewer words have been said. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.